And looking forward to getting the word tonight. Amen. I want to read this. 2018, days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. Dr. Savell says, continue to preach, teach, and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. It's still my plan for the faithful to flourish. If you will do this, and then they'll eventually get it, it will never be more important than right now for them to flourish in every area of their lives. These are indeed days of my greater glory, says the Lord. I will cause it to manifest for all who have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word. And I will cause them to flourish and to abound even as I have promised in my word. I will honor their loyalty to me by enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one. And I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs they've experienced thus far. Rest assured that I'm working in their behalf even now. And they shall be triumphant and they shall be victorious. And all shall see that I'm still the God of the breakthrough. And I'm still the God that keeps covenant. So lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God. The God who is unlike any other God. The God who blesses all who have been faithful to him, says the Lord. Amen. 2018, days of glory, days of flourishing and days of abounding. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You know, Wednesday night is a time where we just get in the word. We build on a topic. We, you know, we had the last two weeks when we had John Mendixon was here. And that was such an awesome message that John Mendixon taught. Amen. And uh, I encourage you to go online and check their Heritage of Faith services out in South Africa. And then last week was worship night and awesome time with that as well. Uh, but tonight, when I continue on a series I started three weeks ago uh, on uh, hearing God. And so this is actually part two. Uh, and so this week, I'm going to talk about having ears to hear. Say that with me. Ears to hear. Amen. So uh, turn your Bibles to Psalms 23, and I'm going to lay some foundation here. um, Because, uh, believe it or not, um, I'm not in competition with any other church. We're going to do what we do. But also realize that not every church teaches the same things. (laughs) Um, I realize that um, some of the things that you may hear... Here, here, <laughs> uh, you may not hear other places. You know, I've had some people tell me, well, my church doesn't, has never taught it that way. Well, we're going to teach the word. <laughs> you know, I had, had a gentleman that went through a difficult time. He didn't go to church here. He showed up. His, his, um, his house had actually burnt down um, in the last couple of days and uh, was able to minister to him. And from what his understanding of God was that this was something maybe God was teaching him. Or something of that nature. And I'm like, no, this is that, that this is has the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. This is not God's doing. This is not God's best. This is not this. God didn't do this. He didn't put you and your seven year old son on the street. You know, that's it. it you've been you've been wrongly informed, <laughs> you know. And so I understand some of the things that I'm going to be sharing tonight as it pertains to to uh, hearing God is is um, if you preach this in some churches they they're gonna they may laugh at you. <laughs> they they may you may have some people you work with. You know, well, my pastor says that I can hear from God. They might laugh you right out of the workplace. Um, but but the thing is, is we, we need to stick with Bible. 
Because the Bible is, is what is going to direct our path. The Bible, the Word of God, is what a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light into our path. So, so that's why Wednesday nights, Next Step class, other things that we have, whatever it is, you know, is the Word is important because it's the foundation to the believer's life, and it's the foundation to our faith. It's the foundation, and, and the foundation of our faith, it, it, the Word is the foundation to our faith, and faith is what causes us to overcome in this life, Right? So let's look here in Psalms 23, and I'm, I'm going to try not to review too much, but I believe just having a couple weeks off, I need to, need to cover a few things. In Psalms 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me, say leads me, beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me, say leads me. In paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. He prepares a table, meaning he went ahead of me. If he's prepared something, that means he got there before I got there. Right. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. He prepares. He he goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because he's leading me in paths where goodness and mercy will follow me. You see, he he see, this is the father shepherd's desire. He wants to lead you. He wants to lead you in pathways, pathways that will restore you, pathways that will prosper you, pathways where goodness and mercy follow you, pathways where the enemy has to sit there and watch you be blessed. See, it, the Father wants to lead you in, in these paths. Amen. It's his desire to lead his people. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John John chapter 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive. Because it sees him not. So the world cannot receive him because they don't see him. Neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwells in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Hallelujah. So it's interesting. He says, I'm going to bring a comfort to you that will abide with you forever. But it tells us the world does not receive him because the world can't see him. So what, what, what I, the, the point I'm bringing this out is, 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 is that when it comes to hearing God, you have to understand it's not, it's not hearing with these ears, but it's hearing with this ear. It's hearing with our spirit man, so to speak. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit because it can't see him. The world dictates everything they do based on what they can see, what they can taste, what they can touch, what they can hear, what they can feel. And so God, so Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. Verse 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things in your remembrance whatsoever I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. 
let's go to uh, let's go to chapter sixteen. So just laying a foundation. Verse thirteen. How be it when he, the Spirit of Truth, still talking about the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you. So here, the Spirit of Truth. We realize the world cannot receive him, will not receive him because they can't see him. And here it says, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Another word for guide is lead. Lead. So we know the heart of the father is to lead his people. The heart of the father, Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit to be able to guide us in this life. And so if he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us in his life... He meant just that. <laughs> and so that means that we're not going to be needed. We're not to be guided by our natural senses, but we're to be guided by our, our spiritual senses, so to speak. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the, by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So, so we are to be led by our spirit, not led by our natural. We're not to be led by our natural mind because your natural mind may lead you away from the will of God for your life. As good as your, your mama and dad might be, they may lead you away from God's plan for your life. As, as good as, as certain things that, that, that we're not to be led by external things, but we're to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're to be led by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is a shepherd and he wants to lead us. Say, lead me. Lead. Hallelujah. Now, you know, remember, there are millions of church people... Don't believe that you can personally and directly hear from God for your life personally. Let's look at Psalms 32. Psalms 32. I'm not going to have time to re- review everything from the first. So I go, can go back online and listen to that because I really expounded a lot on this. Psalms 32, verse 7. Actually, verse 8. He says, I, the Lord, I'm reading the Amplified, says, I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you. Who will? Who will instruct you? Who's going to teach you? He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Who's going to teach you in the way that you should go? The Lord. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Meaning God, you know what the word says, he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. Meaning, meaning he has a plan and he has a path and there's a way that we should go and he's counseling us with his eye on us. Meaning he desires to, to walk us through every situation. That's why when he, the, the psalmist said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Your rod and your staff, you're with the one he's going to lead you. He's counseling you, going to direct you with his eye is on you. Right now, you may be experiencing the most difficult thing in your life. You know what? I want you to realize his eye is on you right now. You may be in the most difficult situation. His eyes on you right now. You know what? And he wants to give you the wisdom. He wants to give you the strength. He wants to give you the ability. He wants you to give you the insight to walk through, to go through, to be, to overcome, to fulfill whatever you're called to fulfill. He, he, he wants to instruct you in the way that you should go. You know, there's some, there's two different proverbs that says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is just to say, I don't want to do and live by what seems right. 
there's a way that seems right, but the board says the end that way is destruction. I, I want to go the way that is right, not what seems right. And so here he says, he says this, I will counsel you with my eye on you. The next verse says, be not like the horse or the mule, which lacks understanding. So he's telling us not to be like a horse. Look at your neighbor and say, I won't be a horse. <laughs> See, no matter how smart Mr. Ed might be. No matter how special your natural horse might be, don't be like him. Because it says, they lack understanding, which must have their mouths held firm with a bit and a bridle, bridle or else they will, they will not come with you. Meaning, meaning, don't be like a horse. Meaning, the only way that you're going to follow God is, is if you have a bridle in your mouth. Don't be like a horse. And, but, but Christianity, for the most part... We're led, so to speak, by bits and bridles. We, it's like, you know, the, the thought is God leads me through circumstance. God's leading me because God's leading me because I have this sickness. No, that's not God leading you. That's the enemy trying to kill you. You, you have to understand we're not to be led by external circumstances. The, the enemy's not, the God's not trying to, he doesn't want us to be like the horse and have to be led by bits and bridles. He wants us to be led by him. You know, that's why, that's why when Elijah, it says, it says, you know, God said, I wasn't in the earthquake. I wasn't in the fire and I wasn't in the wind. Meaning, meaning God wasn't going to, God wasn't, because there was an earthquake, God wasn't speaking. But yet you have even insurance companies saying that these things are acts of God. They're not acts of God. It's just a sign that the earth is filled with sin. The earth is groaning with sin. Romans chapter 8. So anytime you see storms or hurricanes, it's not God trying to bring judgment. God already brought judgment with Jesus. The earth is groaning because the earth is filled with sin. The earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. So, so, so God isn't, doesn't speak by hurricanes. He's not speaking by tornadoes. I'm so grateful that when difficult things happen, that he has the ability to take bad things and, and make it turn around for good, that he has the ability to speak on the other side of it, to speak victory on the other side of it, to speak restoration on the other side of it, but he's not the cause of it. We're not to be led by things. We're to be led by his still small voice. It's, you know, it, it's, it wasn't the loud shout. It was the still small voice. But let's make, he wants to lead us by what Kenneth Hagin says, the inward witness. The inward witness. And so, so, so God wants to lead us. But he doesn't desire to lead us through natural circumstances or exterior things. He wants to lead us by his Spirit. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. The common English version of Psalms 32 says this. You, you said to me, I will point out the road that you'll follow. I'll be your teacher and watch over you. Don't be stupid like a horse and a mule that must be led with ropes that make you obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this to me. I hear his voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Verse 13. Actually, verse 14, sorry. 
It says, therefore, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine. Make day dawn upon you and give you light. So what's he say? Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. So this represented someone that's sleeping, someone that is not fulfilling the purpose, someone that is kind of just sitting on the sidelines, so to speak. Paul is saying, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Verse, verse 15, look carefully then how you walk. So here, here, here the apostle is saying, I want you to wake up. And Christ is going to give you light. Christ is going to give you direction. Christ is going to illuminate your path. Look carefully how you walk. Live purposely, worthy, and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as the wise. Sensible, intelligent, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and grasping what the will of the Lord is. You know, there, there's people, there's people out, teach out there that says, you know, we, we don't know what God's will is. We'll, we'll never know what God's will is. No, according to this, it says, be neat, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Meaning, I have the ability to understand what his will is. And if it wasn't, then Paul shouldn't have put it in my Bible. That he wants us to understand his will. But how are we going to understand his will when we wake up? And when we allow Christ to give us light. Then verse 17 says, therefore, don't be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be vague or thoughtless. Don't be vague or thoughtless. King James says, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The the Young's literal says, so you can see exactly how to walk. See, God wants to give you precise guidance. Precise. Every, God isn't a vague God. He's not some sort of abstract being. He is a relational God. He, he, he created, he, he did everything he did. He did down to the last detail. They, they, they call, they, they call our, our universe, so to speak, and they call the earth, the orbit that we're in, they call it the, the Goldilocks thing because, because everything is just right. You know, Goldilocks, she, you know, it was, she sat in the chair that was just right. She ate the porridge that was just right. You know, and so, so we live, the earth is in a just right environment. Any, any closer to the sun, we'd burn up. Any farther away, we would freeze. Everything is so precise. God is not vague. He's not, he, he, he wants to lead us with precision, with preciseness. It's, it, we should not be living vague lives or, or just walking around aimlessly, just wandering around. No, we are his children and he wants to direct us with precision. Everything that we do is precise. Everything we do is with purpose. Every Everything we do is down to just the right detail. You know, when he led Abraham, he said, he said, he talked to Abraham about taking his son up to worship. And he said, go to a mountain that I will show you. Meaning it was just the right mountain. It was going to be on just the right day. It was going to be at just the right time. Why? Because there was going to be a sacrifice there. But a lot of times, if you put Christianity the way they, a lot of times it's taught is, well, I just do whatever happens and then whatever will be, will be. No, God is precise. 
You know, he told the, the, the servant Gehazi went out to tell Naaman, go dip in the Jordan River, River seven times. It was precise instructions. So we shouldn't live with, with, with vague or, or thoughtless, but we should understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, if, if I was a, a pilot, you know, pilots, you know, they, they, you can't operate with just what, what looks good it, you, or, or what's a good idea or, you know, I just, I just kind of wanted to do it. No, you, you have to, you know, when you talk about instrument rating and you talk about flying with instruments and you, you have no visibility and you're, and you're flying and, you're, and you, you have to land. You have to be precise. It's not any almost. Uh, it, I, it's no, I'm close. It could be close. No, you need to be accurate because, because, because just a little bit could kill you. You know, in the, enemy, the, the enemy would love to kill you. That's why God wants to give you direct, precise instructions for our lives. He wants us. He wants to lead us, direct us, and guide us. Everything Jesus did, it wasn't just vague or, or no, it was precise. You know, you know, put them in, put them in fifties. Sit them down in fifties. All right. Okay. Where are the fish and the loaves? Let's pray over them. But he said fifties. Everything was just right. Go get, go get water and, and, and dip, dip water in, and it's going to turn. No, everything was precise. Everything he did was precise. Precise instructions. He told, the, he told the disciples, he says, go to this place and there'll be a man there with a pitcher in his hand. It was precise instructions. God wants to lead us and direct us. Hallelujah. Go to John chapter 10. It's teaching tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. John chapter 10. Hallelujah. Verse 3. says, The watchman opens the door for this man, and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it. And he calls his own sheep by name and he brings them out. The King James says, To him the porter opened, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Hallelujah. Amplified again in verse 3 says, The watchman opens the door for this man, and the sheep listen to his voice, and Heed it. In the in the Greek, this word "hear" in the in the King James is is not just hearing, as in I just heard a noise. But this word "hear" has to do with not just hearing a noise, but understanding something. There's a difference between just hearing and hearing and heeding. My wife will tell you, there's a difference of hearing what she said and listening to what she said. You know, it's like with your children, there's two, there's two different types. There's hearing and there's listening. 
No, it's like, did, did you hear what I... Did, not, not did you hear that I made noise, but did you actually hear? Did you actually listen? So I have a bad habit a lot of times that, that, that I'm always doing things, always on the go. My mind's always going, and I'm always preparing for the next thing or, or doing this. So a lot of times, you know, uh, I, I speed read, and so sometimes I speed listen, and, and so sometimes I speak, listen, I, I, I don't quite get all the instructions or, you know, it's like I might have got the first thing and might have got the last thing, but I missed the three important things in the middle. Eric, am I the only one? Oh, you're with me? Okay. <laughs> so, 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 but a lot of times when it comes to our relationship with God, it's, it's the same thing. We might have heard, but did we listen? You know, there was, there was a difference between Jesus and the disciples. There was a time in John 12, verse 28 and 29, it said there was a voice that came from heaven. And God said, I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. And it said everyone around, every, it said Jesus heard the voice, but everyone else, it sounded like thunder. So, see, there, there's things that, that God could be speaking, but is it just noise or are we really listening? So it's not just hearing the good shepherd, but it's hearing and heeding with the good shepherd saying, because he wants to lead us. He wants to lead us with precise direction. He wants to give us details. He wants to direct us in every step of our lives. And, and, and really hear this. There, no, nothing is too small. In the areas that he does not want to speak to you in. Every area he wants to speak to you in. Does God really care about the little? Yes. He does. Oh, God doesn't care about. God doesn't care about which way I take home from work. Well, Jesus in the natural didn't want to go through Samaria. But he told the disciples saying... Well, it's a shortcut this way, but he said, I must needs, I'm, Jesus said this way, I must needs go through Samaria. So, so it, it, it can be precise on timing, precise. There was time when Jesus said, said, said uh, should we go to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem? And he said, uh, he told the disciples, no, they went ahead and went in town. He stayed for a few hours and decided to go a little bit later. Why? Because he had to be precise because he knew that, it w- that he couldn't be crucified at the wrong time. Everything had to be just right. So he wants to lead you in small details. Small details. How you respond to your spouse, how you respond in work, how you respond, what do you, how do you, how do you respond in church? How do you respond to this person or that person? How you do things, what do you do? He wants to speak to you in the very smallest details and also in the grandest schemes of your life. Hallelujah. He's our shepherd and we need to hear and heed him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You see, the problem is it's not getting God to talk. It's are we listening? Let's go to Revelations chapter 2. Man, it's already 743. Wow. (laughs) 
And I'm going to just skim over a few scriptures here just so you can see how important this is. Uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Verse 11. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 17. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 29. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 3, verse 6. He that hath ears, let him hear. Verse 13. He that hath ears, let him hear. Verse Verses 22, he that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. Revelations 13, 9, he that hath ears, let him hear. So, Do you think uh, Jesus, you know what, these are words in red. So this is, this is not someone that, that had the wrong enchiladas. This was, this was Jesus speaking. This is, this is Jesus speaking and, and he was speaking to John and saying, he that hath ears, let him hear. This is, this is how we should be living in the last days. We should have ears to hear. Ears to hear. Let him have ears to hear. We, we need to have ears to hear. Let's look at... Man, uh, I'm not going to be able to get all these scriptures. So, Lord, where do you want to go? Um, let's go to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verse 18. Isaiah 42, verse 18. Amen. Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect, and blind as the Lord's servant? So who is blind and who is deaf here? It's the Lord's servant. Seeing many things, but you observe not. Opening the ears, but you hear not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They're all of them snared in holes in their hidden prison houses. They are for a prey and none delivers for a spoil and none say restore. So none can be delivered because no one is saying restore. Why? Because the servants are two, th- two things. They're blind and they're deaf. So the ministers are blind and they're deaf. It's not because God's not speaking. God's speaking. Is just saying that they can't hear because and they can't see. And because they can't hear and they can't see, they're not saying what I want them to say. And because they're not saying what I want them to say, the people are still in bondage. So, so we as ministers, we have to realize we have to be able to see and hear what the Spirit of God is saying, right? We have to be able to see and hear. Let's look at... Um, Let's look at Acts 28, because uh, you can also see this in Isaiah chapter 6, verses, um, starting in verses 8 to about 13. It talks, it talks, about, uh, it talks, about, it talks about hearing and seeing, but it says they don't because they're, they're, uh, their ears, the, actually the word says it has grown fat, meaning they, they become dull because... They're overwhelmed by so many natural things. And so let's look at it here in Acts chapter, because uh, Paul brings it out a little bit better, the way Paul actually uses this scripture. And in, in, actually Luke in Acts chapter um, 28, Acts 28. 
verse, thank you, Father. Verse 26. Thank you, Father. Actually, verse 25, sorry. And as they disagreed among themselves, they began to leave, but not before Paul added one statement more. The Holy Spirit was right in saying through Isaiah, remember I just told you about Isaiah chapter 6. Holy Spirit was right in saying through Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said this through Isaiah. Well, if Isaiah said it, he must have had to hear it. The prophet to your forefathers. Go to this people and say to them, you will indeed hear and hear with your ears, but you'll not understand. And you'll indeed look and look with your eyes, but you'll not see. You'll not perceive or have knowledge of or become acquainted with what you look at at all. For the heart, the understanding, the soul of the people has grown dull, stupid, hardened and calloused. And their ears are heavy and hard of hearing. They have shut tight their eyes so that they may not perceive and have knowledge and become acquainted with um, perceive and hear with their ears and understand with their souls and turn to me and be converted that I may heal them. Meaning God's wanting to heal them. But it said, because their hearts are dull, they don't turn to him. Verse 28. So let it be understood by you then that the message of the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. So he's saying here, the Jews can't hear this. Their ears are, why? Because their ears are dull of hearing. They can't hear. God wanted to heal them. God wanted to deliver them. God wanted to set them on course. God wanted to fulfill what they were called to do. But he couldn't do it because their ears were dull of hearing. How many things is God wanting to do in our lives, but it can't happen because we're dull of hearing? Then verse 29 says, And when he had said these things, the Jews went away arguing and disputing among themselves. God wants us to hear, but how often do we, are we arguing? Are we doing these different things and our, our heart is heavy, our heart is, is hardened and because our heart is hardened, we can't hear what God wants to do. God's wanting to direct us. He's wanting to heal us. He's wanting to do amazing things, but, but can we hear? Can we hear? I, I remember Dr. Savell was uh, told a story one time where he was, it, it had to do with his own physical body. He was, he was experiencing sharp pains Right here on both sides of his neck. Sharp pains. He said it felt like someone would stab him with like a um, ice pick right in his, right in these muscles here. And man, and it, no matter what he did, it, it seemed like nothing, nothing would stop it. And, and all of a sudden one day he's praying and the Lord, sta- the Lord told him, he said, stop drinking caffeine. He's like, well, okay, what, how, what is this going to have to do with that? That has nothing to do with my shoulder. And so finally, the Lord keeps telling him, he stop having ears to hear. The Lord's speaking, but he wasn't heeding at first. And finally, he says, and the Lord says, stop drinking caffeine. And the moment he stopped drinking caffeine, he stopped having that pain. And, and so the Lord wants us to direct us in, in little things. Little things. What we eat. Where we go, where we shop, who we should be in relationship with, all sorts of, he'll direct you. He wants to lead us. But the thing is, is so often in life, our, our hearts are so busy. 
When I say hearts, I mean, I'm talking about our life. The core of who we are is so busy with so many things. We, we fill our hearts and fill our minds with so much trash, so much garbage, so much people's opinions and too much social media, too much ideas, too, too many other concepts, too many. Sometimes people listen to too many. I know this can be a negative. They listen to too many preachers. And, and, and from the standpoint is you have one preacher that's preaching this and another preacher that's preaching this and, and they don't even agree with each other. And next thing you know, well, which one's right? And, 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 and but who, see, I believe this, that, you know, we're like, where should I go to church? Where is your shepherd's voice? Meaning the Lord's going to lead you. So a lot of people are, go, go to churches and, and they're just going to church. But are, is, is that pastor their shepherd? So, so you have, you have to, you, we have to come to a place where knowing that God wants to lead us and God wants to direct us, but it's hard for him for us to hear and see if our hearts are filled with so much other stuff. Their hearts were fat and dull of hearing. They couldn't hear what the spirit of God was saying. But him that have ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. So the problem isn't on God's and God's speaking. The issue isn't on the transmitter. It's on the receiver. And, and oftentimes, and, and I, I just speak from experience. There, you know, I've been wanting to hear from God on certain things. But you know what? I, 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 am, I, I am on the wrong radio station. I mean, I, I am, you know, here, here God is speaking and I'm still on AM. I'm, I'm on the AM station and, and, and God's way over here on FM. And, and why? Because I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy turning to so many other things. I, I, I can't, I can't t- tune that frequency into him because my heart is so busy with so many other things. He wants to speak to us. Matthew chapter 11. I tell you to go somewhere and I don't go there. That's not good. (laughs) Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. All things are delivered unto my Father, and no man knows the Son, but the Father neither knoweth it. Hold on. (laughs) All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knows the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man save the Son. And he to whomsoever, to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, if we're going to fine tune, tune in the frequency, so to speak... The only thing that is going to cause us to not be busy in our heads and minds and hearts being so busy is we have to come to him. And when I use this word come to him, I want you to see this is is that we have to put ourselves in a position to hear. We have to put ourselves, we have to humble ourselves 
Because see, whether we're talking about Isaiah 42 with the ministers or we're talking about the, 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 the Jews not being able to hear, not being able to see, what, why did they go away arguing? Because of pride. Why could they not receive? Because they couldn't humble themselves because of what God what, what was saying through the prophet Isaiah. They couldn't receive it. Why? Because they couldn't humble themselves. They had a better way. They had a better idea. They had better direction. They had a better understanding. No, and if we're going to hear from God, it's going to start when we come to him. Come to him, all that are heavy laden. Heavy laden, those that are busy, those that their hearts are dull, those that your hearts, Isaiah says their hearts are fat, those hearts that, that, that are so filled with so many other things. If you want to hear from God, you're going to have to, you have to put all that aside and you're going to have to come to him. You're going to have to come to, so many times people are like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm wanting God to speak to me. But when did you set aside time to hear from him? He's, he's not going to speak over your favorite TV show. He's not going to speak over your favorite football team game. He's not going to speak over those. And I'm not saying there's things that are wrong with those. But when you're needing to hear from God, you're going to have to separate yourself. And you're going to have to come to him. And you know what? In this separation, there needs to be sometime every day where we're coming to him. All ye that are heavy. It's not just coming to him when, 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 when he's the last resort. No, it's a lifestyle of this is where I live my life. I come to him. I come to him. Come unto me, all that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest under your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, now, when he talks about a yoke here, he's not talking about what's on the inside of an egg, okay? <laughs> just, just break it down simple, okay? <laughs> Some people might not be sure what a yoke is, okay? It's talking about a yoke of oxen. And what a yoke with oxen was two, two oxen that were come together and they had, they had these things that yoked them together. And they were these wooden things that were, that were, were tied. They had reins on both sides and, and depending on how, just how you would control a horse. And so, so what, what, what they would do is whatever the person that had, had the reins would direct them the way that they needed to go. So, but you have to understand as we're looking at this, not every yoke is a bad yoke. It just depends who's driving. See, and, and it's who you've submitted yourself to. Because, see, it's his yoke is easy and his burden is light. His yoke isn't harsh. His yoke isn't abusive. His yoke isn't, isn't angry. His yoke isn't judgment. His, it says his yoke is, it tells us what his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Because we, we saw in, in Psalms 32, he doesn't want to lead us like a, like a horse. But how does he want? He wants to lead us by his rest. And those, those are other messages we're going to get. Joseph's going to talk about life and peace next week. So we have to come to him. We have to come to him because, you know what? He is going to direct you. Because even the first right here, it says the, the son will reveal him. The son wants to reveal what we need to know. 
The Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. He wants to direct us. That's his heartbeat. But he's not going to be able to direct you if you don't come to him. Hallelujah. He can't direct us if we're too busy. This isn't, this isn't, it's not a mental thing. It's a spiritual thing. He doesn't lead you by your mind. He leads you by your spirit man. So where does this all begin? It all begins with the word. Come to him. He is the word. In order to hear, the first thing that you need to do is you need to get into his word. I hear people say, I want to hear God's voice. Well, get into what he wrote. And and to me, it doesn't matter what page you turn to. If you get into his word, he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you. You you start reading and you get into the word and and you you, you say, Father, as I start reading, before you start reading the word, say, Father, I thank you that I hear your voice. Thank you, Father, for speaking this word to me. I need direction, Father. I need guidance today. As I read your word today, Father, I thank you for opening your word to me. Holy Spirit, you're the one that reveals truth. Reveal truth to me as I, get it, as I read your word today. I know it's something big. Well, how do I hear his voice? Just start reading his word. Just start reading his word. And all of a sudden, as you just start reading his word, all of a sudden, you're going to start hearing a voice in here start speaking to you about his word. Hallelujah. Come to him. Come to his word. He'll speak to you. Start reading in faith with humility and a willingness to do what this says to do. And he will continue to speak to you. He will continue to direct you. God is not far away. He's not some distant God. He's, he's He's very close. He's very near. Come to him and it starts with his word. Those that have ears to hear. You know, it's like I said, I, I sense that there's sometimes, you know, as believers, I've been there where there, we know we're called to do great things. And so too often we sit back until great things happen and it's, it's not going to start that way. It's, it's cultivating that daily relationship every day, that relationship every day. Every day, being in his word every day. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, you're in the middle of, middle of the situation. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what happens is, is he starts speaking his word back to you that deal with your circumstance. And all of a sudden, that gives you direction. That gives you wisdom. And all of a sudden, he'll share other things. He'll speak other things. Do you have ears to hear? It starts with his word. Let me ask you a question. How do you know someone's voice? You spend time with him. You know what? When I call Annette, I don't have to say this is Justin. I mean, even if we didn't have caller ID or special rings. If I say hello, she's going to know who it is. Why? Because we've spent time together. And it's the same thing when you get in his word, you spend time with him, you're going to hear his voice. You know, there, there's things that, that you say, well, yeah, that, that's, because you know, there's things where, oh, thank you, Father. 
let me put it this way. <laughs> Some people may say might not agree with the statement, but everything that Jesus heard wasn't from God. You're like, well, give me a chapter and verse on that. John chapter 5, I believe it's verse 30. Jesus said, as I hear, I judge. And he goes, and my judgment is correct. Why? Everything he heard, he had to judge it first. Is this from God? How could he judge it? Because he knew the nature of God. He knew the character of God. He knew the word of God. See, God's not going to tell you to do something that's outside of his word. It's going to line up with his word. You say, people will come to me and say, well, pastor, I heard this from God. And you know what? And I can show you five scriptures where that's unscriptural. You know what? You did not hear. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I mean, I had goosebumps when I heard it. It, it, it. Does it line up with the word? Then you did not hear. Well, I had a dream. What did it line up with the word? So, so the thing is, is, is we have to come to him. We have to get to know him because when we get to know him, he's going to reveal the father. He's going to direct our path. He's going to direct us and he's going to give us rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, as you get into the word, you realize the same God that directed Moses is the one that will direct you. When you get into the word and you know, and you, you know the God that directed Elijah, he'll be the same one that direct, will direct you. He told Moses, he said, Moses, he says, he goes, I made myself known to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as Elohim, God Almighty, the creator of all things. He says, but to you, I'm going to reveal myself to you as Jehovah. Meaning, so, so what happens is, is I get into the word, I get to know what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew about God. And then now as I get in the word, now I get to know what Moses knew about God. That not only is he a God that's a creator and he's a God almighty, but now I know that he's a God that's personal. He's a God that is and he's a God that will always be. He is not just someone that creates and someone that has power, but now I know that he's, he's one that's personal to me. But that comes when you get into his word and realize the same one that directed them will direct you. How did they direct them? He spoke to them. Still small voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit, the spirit that directed them will direct you. The word will direct you and the spirit of God will direct you. As he communicated to Adam in the beginning, he longs to commune and communicate with you. As he had relationship in the garden, he desires to have relationship with you. Let's go to 1 John 2. And uh, I'm going to close with this. 1 John 2. So how do we hear? Spending time with him. We come to him. And we realize as we come to him, the same spirit that directed the man in the word will direct us. Same spirit. We have the Holy Spirit to direct us and guide us into all truth. He wants to lead us. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 20. It says, but you have 
an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, the word unction here is not some sort of violent shaking or some sort of jerking motion. Some people are like, oh, did you feel that unction? That, that, that's, not a, that's not an unction. That's not, it could be, maybe. But, but when he, this word unction is actually where we get our word charisma from. If you look it up in the Greek, it actually is charisma. <laughs> and it's, it's the same root for, word for Christ. Charisma, the root of that is creo, which is where we get Christ, which means the anointed one and his anointing. The word root from creo means to rub on or smear all over. So when you talk about the anointing, they, what would they do in the Old Testament when they anointed a king? They poured oil on him, rubbed on, smeared all over, and they, were, they had an unction. So when, when, when David was anointed a king, you could say he had an unction from Samuel. He was now anointed. See, you, you have an unction from the Holy One. You, are, you, you have had an encounter with the, the Holy One. You, you've, an, you've had an encounter with the Sacred One. You've had an, an encounter with the Perfect One. You've encountered the One that knows all things. You've encountered the One who is all things. You've encountered the One that has no limitations. You've encountered the Holy One, the Complete One. You've, you've encountered this One. You've, you have an unction from. You've been anointed by this one that was anointed already. You, the same one that was anointed now has anointed you. You have an unction from the Holy One. You have charisma. You, you have a special an endowment, uh, an anointing from the Holy One. Because you had, and, and then you can say this, but you have an unction from the Holy One, comma. So we can actually put a preposition here and make it sound this because I can change this, this, the, the, the structure of the sentence like this without, without changing the meaning of it. Because I have an unction from the Holy One, I know all things. So I'm not changing the scripture. I'm with the comma there. I can, I can say, I, because it's really describing, is really describing now that I have an unction, what I have access to. If any of those English majors, you can help me out here that I can do this correctly. And it still makes sense because because of this, because I have an unction, I know all things. So because of I'm anointed by, I know all things. Now get this word know. The word know here means to see or to perceive by the senses. Now, what are the senses? Seeing, hearing, taste, smell, almost right. <laughs> touch. So to know here is to see or to perceive by the senses. So here we're talking about having ears to hear, right? So because I have a special endowment from the Holy One, I now can hear all things. The word all things here means each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone, all things, Everything. So when I say to know all things, I'm saying I can hear everything I need to hear. I can hear anything I need to hear. I can hear everything that I need to hear. I can hear the whole of everything. I get the whole picture. Why? Because I have an anointing. I have an unction from the Holy One. See, when the Holy Spirit came upon you, it now endowed you, it placed on you the ability to hear everything that you need to hear to be victorious in this life. Yes. 
you have an unction from the Holy One. If you are spirit filled, you have been anointed by him. Hallelujah. You have been anointed to hear everything that you need to hear in this life. To cause you to be victorious. God's not holding anything out on you. You, We have the word of God. And now we know you have the spirit of God. And because you have the spirit of God. You have an unction that comes from the Holy One. And he teaches you all things. Now let's go to verse 27. And I'll close with this. But the anointing. Which you have received of him. So now it tells us. This anointing which you have received of him. It abides in you. It abides in you. Hallelujah. I like this in the Amplified. It says, but as for you, the anointed, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction which you have received from him abides permanently in you. See, this unction isn't something that comes and goes. It's something that's permanent. It's always there. And you always have access to this. Hallelujah. You have received from him abides permanently in you. So then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. But just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything. It just tells us this anointing teaches you everything. Which is true is no falsehood. So that you must abide in him. You must abide in, live in, never depart from him. Being rooted in him, knit to him. Just as his anointing has taught you to do. Verse 28, and now little children abide, live, remain permanently in in him. Come to him, all that are heavy laden. Come to him. Abide in him permanently. Why? Because as I abide in his word and I abide in his spirit, he teaches me all things. Now, let me preface this and I'll close. I've heard people use this scripture of, okay, because I have the anointing, because the spirit of God abides in me, he teaches me all things. I don't need a pastor. (laughs) Well, God doesn't, he doesn't contradict himself. He sets gifts in the body for the perfecting of the saints. What this is saying here, let me see if I, if I wrote it down. Hallelujah. It's saying you're not externally dependent on a man to tell you what God said. What should say is, is because you have the spirit of God on you, when someone else is preaching, you should know that that's the spirit of God. Meaning, you know, because, you know, if you ever sit in a service and someone preaches something and you're like, ooh, you just, you kind of just feel wrong. Mm, uh, uh, that's, you know, something just a little off about that. What's that? It's your spirit is bearing witness with God's spirit saying something's just not right. Why? Because you have an unction from the Holy One that teaches you all things. And so, so the thing is, is, is what happens is we're not to be externally led. We have an unction, so we should be internally led. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you for the growth that it brings within our lives. I thank you, Father, for the word, Father, that we hid in our hearts that we would not sin against you. We thank you for the word that is a light into our path. Hallelujah. That that is a light into our path and that directs our steps. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That is resting upon our lives that directs us. So, Father, tonight as a body, those here, those watching by way of Internet, Lord, we come to a place where we come to you. We humble ourselves and we bring ourselves to your word. And we humble ourselves to bring ourselves to your spirit to abide in you. And as we do those things, Father, thank that we will have ears to hear. And that we have ears to hear, we'll have hearts that understand. 
and we have hearts that understand. We'll know your will and we'll fill the call in our lives. We thank you for it tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive this word tonight? Amen. God is good. I know it's a lot of, a lot of talking there. Um, just, you know, um, my intent is never to ramble. Um, but just, just, just sharing with what, a lot of things that I've had to learn through the years. You know, uh, hearing about how, how, do you, how do you hear God's voice? And for me, I had, I had a desire to hear His voice, but, but realized it first came when I got into His Word. And then it, it got in there when I spent time with Him. He always is speaking. He's the transmitter, we're the receiver, and the transmitter is not the problem. <laughs> Amen. Put yourself in a position to hear. But not just hear, but heed what he's saying. And the more you heed what he's saying and do what he's saying, the more and more clearly you hear his voice. And you'll know. You'll sense. You'll have that inward witness. You'll be led by peace and rest. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And thank you that you equip us and you empower us. And I declare over this church body that we have ears to hear. I declare that we are led by your spirit. Say that with me. I am led by your spirit. You direct me in the way that I should go. I have ears to hear and a heart to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We'll see you this weekend.